listening to OK Guys with Laura Joshua, a WTBU production. Hi, everyone. I wanted to let you know that these episodes were recorded before the murder of George Floyd, but unfortunately, they were not recorded before America's history of systemic racism and the many issues that we have occurring in this country. And so I wanted to just do my part and share some resources before this episode. I'm currently part of a fundraiser for Campaign Zero that I will put in the description of this episode if you could donate anything to that. I really think it's such an amazing cause and I will leave all the information for that in the description box. Additionally, I wanted to recommend two books that I have read uh, a while ago, but they have proven to just be really impactful for me in learning about everything from race, racism, anti-racism, everything. So I wanted to recommend Men We Reaped by Jasmine Ward. And the second one I wanted to recommend is The Other Westmore by Westmore. And I have seen a lot of books out there and I just really encourage everyone if you're looking for something to read I recommend those two books and I hope that you keep them on your shelf you read them you actually take the message away from them and when I say keep them on your shelf I mean that you can keep them for generations and pass them down because this is something that we're never going to stop learning about and I plan on sharing a lot more resources in the future but enjoy the episode Hi everyone. So at this point, uh, this feels a little crazy because I've only really told friends and family and I'm ready to tell the podcast now. The cat is out of the bag that I got a job. I am an employed woman and that definitely looks a bit different right now considering that we're still learning and figuring out the global pandemic world that we live in. I would also like to say that I was completely unsure about even recording this because I, for the past couple of months and being home, have been scrolling LinkedIn and seeing people posting about their positions. And I honestly feel, felt, felt, that's weird, but I honestly felt so terrible about it because I didn't have a job. And not that you should feel terrible if you don't have one because everyone is on their own path right now but I completely get it if you had an internship canceled if a job fell through if the companies you really wanted to work for are on a hiring freeze or there are just no jobs that exist right now for what you want to do I feel you I see you and honestly feel free to skip around in this episode if you don't want to hear about my experience but I did want to share about my experience so that everyone can kind of learn from how I got the position and things like that. So a little bit about the position. I'll be working at a healthcare advertising agency in New York City and I will be remote doing it from the comfort of my childhood bedroom with the hopes of getting into the office in the city within the next six months or a year. Uh, I'm very excited. This job really aligns with the path that I have been carving for myself in college and I'm excited to fill my time doing something that I'm really passionate about working with healthcare clients in the hopes of helping patients. And 
I'll go into a little bit of how I got the job exactly. It's somewhat of a long story, but I'll, you know, (laughs) break it down. Basically, the agency that I'm working for came to Boston University in the fall for a career fair. And in college, I pretty much went to every single career fair. Every semester, they hosted a really large university-wide one. I always went since my soft... Actually, I'm thinking about it. Maybe since my freshman year. Um, I chatted with the representatives from the company and I let them know that I'm really passionate about healthcare advertising. I got their business cards and all of that. And they also were putting on an info session about the company, which I went to later in the day to learn more. So long story short, I got the job because I really utilized the career fair and my school's resources, which is something that I want every college student to know that they should do because it really is helpful whether it's a networking night info session super helpful but beyond that I did a bit more that maybe not everyone who attends those sessions always does so I really showed my interest I made it very clear that I was passionate about healthcare advertising and I had reasons why I wanted to work for the company I also followed up with the representatives that visited via email and I really showed my interest in those emails as well and I think that helped me stand out and help them remember me because I wasn't just like it was nice meeting you no like I outlined I really enjoyed this part of the info session because it aligns with my views on you know whatever it is try and be as specific as possible if you're reaching out to people. So that was in October. I followed up. I connected with people from the company on LinkedIn, and I was really prepared to ramp things back up in March or April. And then a global pandemic happened, which I know put a wrench in majority of college seniors' plans. So I'm totally with you. I was really hopeless in the beginning of the pandemic. I was unsure about applying to things, reaching out to my network. But from talking with my family and close friends, I realized that I could still apply to things, reach out to companies. And of course, I faced a lot of rejections. I was talking with HR managers from different companies one day, and then the companies were on a complete hiring freeze the next day. So I was definitely defeated. I genuinely thought I was never going to get a job with everything going on. And then one day, Completely out of the blue, I received an email from the woman that I met at the company back in October at the career fair, and I was so shook that she remembered me because it had been a while, but she let me know that there was a role at the company, and she thought of me from meeting me in October, and from there, it really took off. I had some interviews over the phone. And I got the position. So I'm very excited. Life will definitely look a little bit different now. Um, I'm going to be working a lot less free time, obviously, but I'm really excited to start this next phase of life. And I know that people often talk about these scenarios like, okay, first I was at A. I had no direction and I didn't know what to do. And then fast forward, a bunch of things happened. Now I'm at B and I have a job. So (laughs) I wanted to provide some tips. I think that everyone can utilize during this time when you feel that you aren't sure how to move forward with applying to positions. And I hope that it helps everyone. 
So first, I encourage everyone to think back to your network, whether it's from previous internships, people you met at career fairs, professors, and reach out to them on LinkedIn or email if you have their email to discuss advice, tips for moving forward, and make them aware that you are available because you never know when they're going to randomly have a position and think of you. So definitely let them know you're hungry for work, you're determined to put in hard work and succeed in a role. And I want to be clear that when you reach out to these people, you aren't messaging them, hi, I want a job. Let's chat about you getting me one. Like that's not what you're doing here. Instead, you can say something depending on who it is, of course, and how well you know the person. This is just an example. Hi, I wanted to catch up, see how you're doing during this crazy and unprecedented time. I remember in class, we discussed pitching yourself and I wanted to run by you how I was thinking about doing this with X, Y, and Z company. So that could be for a professor, even a past classmate who may be older and already has a job and it's important to strengthen these connections that you already have but also show that you're available and thinking about your career because you never know if they see a position they might email you and say oh i saw this and thought of you my next piece of advice is that you can do this with people at companies you aspire to work at too you don't have to know them you can definitely cold email cold message on linkedin but in a bit of a different way so I would message people on LinkedIn all the time just randomly saying, hi, I recently graduated from Boston University. I know you must be very busy during this time, but I would love to chat with you for 10 minutes about your role so that I can learn more and see if it's something I might want to pursue in the future. Please let me know if you're available on Tuesday, like whatever it is. Um, And again, you're not coming right out and saying, I'm obsessed with your company and I want to work there. Get me a job. But rather you're showing that you're interested, you would love to learn more, and you never really know when a connection might spark. My next piece of advice is that if you see applications online, definitely apply, but don't what I like to call blindly apply. And this is really important advice for me don't for me I mean this is important advice for everyone (laughs) but my biggest thing is do not apply to a hundred different positions by simply putting in your resume and a general cover letter and seeing what sticks I personally never apply to more than 10 things at a time and by time I mean a couple of months, I wait until I hear back from those places and then I'll apply to the next round. Because if you're blindly applying to 100 different things, there's just no way that you can make it personalized to the position, to the company, and they will be able to tell. So I always make it really personal why I want to work there, why the company aligns with my values, why the position aligns to my skill set, things like that. And I even do simple things like just adding in their mission statement and why I really identify with it and things like that. And the time thing, like never applying to more than a couple at a time is because you want to follow up. You don't just want to put the ball in their court. You want to connect with people on LinkedIn and say, I just applied to this and I'm really interested in learning more from your perspective. And then you never know. Maybe they might say to an HR manager, I just spoke with Laura on the phone and she was really interested. Have you seen your application yet? Like you never know what could happen. So that's my 
like top three pieces of advice. I think those things really helped me get a job. Um, I definitely plan on once I start a job, maybe doing some more tips or talking about things like that. For the rest of this episode, I chatted with my friend Alex, who was a career services guide at our school. And I really hope you enjoy my conversation with her and look out for more career tips in the future. I had the pleasure of working with today's guest in our College Career Services office, where she helps students from all over the world with their resume, cover letter, LinkedIn pages, and more. During this time, she has started her next venture, Bloomin' Media, for international students, which shines a light on international student experiences in the U.S. As an international student from one of my favorite places ever, Singapore, (laughs) she offers tips and advice on navigating challenges on anything from committing to grad school to culture shock in the U.S. I can't wait to talk today about making yourself stand out and putting your best foot forward. So please welcome Alex Hemmer. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you liked it. So yeah, let's start well I also I want to tell everyone listening that you were there for like the birth of this podcast like I walked in and I was like I think I'm gonna start a podcast and you were so supportive so I have you (laughs) I totally remember that yeah it was perfect (laughs) there for all of my little like trial and error phases so yeah So let's, why don't we start with just who you are, where you're from, what you've been studying in school, things like that. Yeah. So um, let's see. I'm Alex, obviously. I currently am a graduate student at BU. I just finished my second semester, so I have one left and I'm studying journalism. Um, But really, I think why I chose journalism really stems from my interest in kind of talking and sharing stories. Um, and a lot of that comes from, you know, me wanting to figure out my own story. I'm from three different countries. I mean, I grew up in Singapore, but my dad's from the Netherlands. My mom's from Indonesia. Um, so I kind of have this multicultural identity. Um, and I like to think of myself as a storyteller and journalism made the most sense to me when I was picking my storytelling career. Um, I, before this was working in digital content for a year in Minnesota, where I went to college, um, and the rest is kind of history. Great, yeah, content by Alex. Content by Alex. (laughs) So in our time working in career services, you saw hundreds of resumes, cover letters, and obviously we're not gonna like expose anyone and use anyone's names or anything, but um, what did you kind of learn through seeing all of those were the best ways for people to make themselves stand out and really sell themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. I think some of this, sim- this sounds so simple, but it's something that I find myself having to tell every student that I meet with. Consistency is really key in helping your resume stand out. I think a lot of people underestimate um, the little things like making sure that each bullet point has a period or doesn't end with a period or, you know, caring about whether or not your hyphens have a space on each side of them when you're writing your dates out. Those are so tiny and, you know, it's, it's definitely like, you know, it can easily be a negligible thing and it's totally understandable, but employers do notice when everything is 
um, consistent and easy to skim through without having to jump around. Um, you're basically letting the employer know that in the short amount of time that they're choosing to look at your resume, everything's gonna be easy to find and predictable. Um, that being said, there are still ways that you can be designy without you know, being super like organized and boring. Um, you can you know change the color of your name at the top of your resume you can change like the section header colors or choose a font that really helps you stand out as long as your information is organized and easy to find um, i think the combination of that consistency and being designy in an organized way can really help you stand out mm -hmm. yeah and how can someone who's applying to a new type of role that maybe they don't have prior experience for utilize the skills that they do have and really sell themselves for a position that might not exactly be the one they're most qualified for, but they really want that and want to use what they already have? Yeah, I think especially as a student, we have more transferable skills than we may realize, especially at a school like BU where, you know, it's so easy to be active and join lots of clubs and just kind of uh, make a name for yourself on campus. Um, any club you join, even if it's not directly relevant to the industry that you want to go to, gives you some kind of transferable skill. So I wanted to do marketing a lot when I was in college and I wasn't a marketing student. So I joined a club on campus where I could take on a marketing role even if the club itself wasn't about business or marketing. Um, and, you know, that's just a great way to show the employer that, you know, hey, I'm not directly prepared for this field or I'm not the, the ideal student that you may be looking for, but I'm somebody who takes steps to um, do what I can to invest in the skills that you're looking for. And with the, the little that I have or with the resources that I have, I'm the kind of person that makes the most with what I have. So, um, little things like joining a club on campus um, to get the experience that you're having a hard time getting. Um, and also just looking for those transferable skills, even if you can't find those positions that you want to have, like, um, you know, saying that you led a club or that you did a research project for class often, especially those class research projects, people underestimate saying that, you know, or taking ownership of those projects and saying that they have professional research skills. Like you do, you go to a school where you were taught quantitative and qualitative research. Um, tell that market research or UX research employer that you know more than the average student at your age. Yes, that was something you helped me with. Like you can create a little section on your resume saying research projects and like link PDFs to classwork that you've done. And it really, I mean, we're doing all this work for school. We might as well show it to someone else. Exactly, exactly. And something that I'm just really interested is I feel like at least I definitely compare myself a lot to others and especially when you're in college with a bunch of other students applying for the same positions or spots in a program, whatever it may be. So for example, it could have been a likely situation that you had 10 people coming into the office one week or one day even applying to the same exact position. So do you have any advice for kind of letting go of that worry and not thinking too much about, well, a hundred other people are applying to this. Like, how am I going to stand out? That's a great question. And I love that question because I think a lot of your success really depends on your mentality and your um, self-esteem, which obviously is so easy to get crushed if you're in college and there's so many students around you to compare yourself to. Um, but something that 
I really believe in is to tell yourself and remind yourself that you deserve your dream job, that you deserve your success. I think imposter syndrome is something that our generation battles with a lot. Um, I remember this one student came in to see me at the Career Center actually um, in comm and she was a transfer student, uh, hadn't hadn't gotten any real experience in copywriting, but copywriting was her dream job. And she was really shy about asking me for copywriting tips and was really curious about my journalism background and the fact that I had done copywriting in the past. And um, she was kind of like, oh, how do I, do you mind if I ask you um, what you did for your portfolio? I just don't feel like I have enough to show. So um, what would you say someone like me who doesn't have anything to show should do? And I was like, oh my God, you have things to show you don't even realize it like you got accepted at BU you you know go to an amazing school you have class projects where you have to write essays from under the mentorship of like really experienced professors who are industry professionals like you have a lot more to talk about than you realize and I just kind of had to tell her on the spot like remind yourself that you deserve this copywriting job. Remind yourself that just because you don't have, like, you don't have the word copywriter on your resume from previous experiences doesn't mean that you don't have the right to go after it now or that you're doomed to stick in the industry that you've been kind of building for yourself in the past. And like, you could just see her face light up and she started to smile more and she's like, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> I think she felt like she had gotten more <laughs> out of that resume session than she was expecting. But I think it's so easy to um, feel like you don't deserve things or that you're an imposter or that, you know, you shouldn't be going after something you want. Um, and that's the voice that you, that's the exact voice that you don't want to be making major decisions with. So you really just have to reject those thoughts that don't serve you and um, kind of go after what you're meant to do. That's great. You, oh my gosh, I'm just picturing <laughs> like you probably helped her and inspired her. Um, something that I'm also really interested in, and maybe this never happened, but I don't know, maybe we're going to get some tea here, but I'm wondering <laughs> if anyone ever came in and was applying to something that you were really interested, or maybe you were applying to also, or you were like, wow, like that's awesome. I really could see myself doing that. And how do you kind of let go of that and help others, even knowing that like, you're also in the ring of the competition? That is a great question and definitely something I have experienced um, very recently in career services as well. Um, so there was a student who came in who was really interested in building a career in UX, UX research, UX design, and she um, didn't have any professional UX research or UX experience and was trying to get my help on how she could leverage her research projects and her stuff on campus. I happened to be really interested in the field of UX at the time. I still am, but at the time it, I was like really, you know, dabbling with it and kind of claiming ownership of that. Like I had that, I deserve UX mentality <laughs> to the extent where I was kind of like, it's mine. Um, but so she came in, you know, and I had all these resources that I had already done for my personal research on transitioning into UX from journalism. And I had been reading all these blogs and following all these amazing vloggers. And uh, I had to, I was wrestled with it for a second where I was kind of like, do I just give her the spiel that I'm trained to give each student who comes in where I just kind of show her what resources she can use to 
find UX related resources or do I give her access to this, you know, library of knowledge that I kind of built for myself with UX. And, you know, very quickly I was like, okay, first of all, these resources that I have access to only exist because other people made them available to me. Other people who um, also were struggling to transition to UX and then decided to share their knowledge with me and it's only right that I pass it on and it's not mine. Um, the second thing that helped me was remembering that it's my job to help these students figure out their vocational paths and um, you know realize their career and their professional purpose and very quickly I just kind of showed her all these blogs that I knew of and all these portfolios that I looked up to that she could look at and she was obviously thrilled and felt like she'd gotten more out of that session and really that's I think why I'm in career services and why I love doing career counseling um, as from a student graduate assistant perspective. Um, it's really just because I love that feeling of having a student come in with all these problems and then kind of helping them resolve their anxiety so that they can leave the office with less anxiety than they came in. So it was really about remembering why I was doing this job to begin with um, and why it's important to share the knowledge and remembering that, you know, it's not all about you. Yeah, and I think that that's a very real conflict, even for someone who doesn't work in career services and is helping people, even with your friends when they come to you and they want a similar position and you want to help them, but you just built all this hard work and you feel like it is really yours. But I think that's a really interesting perspective on just like those resources are open to everyone. And something that I thought of when you were saying that is, okay, those resources are open to everyone. Letting them know about them is only the first step. Now it's what they actually make out of it and what we choose to make out of it and everything. Cause you never know, like hopefully that girl took that and like was able to jumpstart her career, but you don't know if she didn't have the motive, the personal motivation. So you can only help them so much and then they need to. Exactly. Rest. Yeah, totally. It's not my job to handhold, but to kind of get you started and then the rest is kind of up to you with what you want to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. And so I'd love to know why you started Bloom and Media and just kind of all about that. <laughs> Bloom in Media, there are definitely so many different factors that came into why I started this. Um, so entrepreneurship is something that I've been interested in very recently, especially in the last two years, listening to the podcast, How I Built This, which I know you gave a shout out to in like your podcast trailer. Yeah. Um, but they're so good. Very inspirational to hear like all these entrepreneurial stories of how people of big, big companies started out and how like they built things from their basements or their living rooms and that really I think empowered this desire that was already inside of me to start something and be creative and take ownership of my ideas um, but before that I think other experiences that inspired Bloomin specifically um, as opposed to other ventures was uh, that well, I, I've been an international student in the U.S. for right now for almost eight years. I did my last two years of high school in the U.S. I did my four years of college. I went through the whole um, work authorization application process to get one year of work experience here. Now I'm doing my graduate school here. Um, and I just kind of feel like I had had 
a lot of ups and downs and just kind of seeing all aspects of what it means to be an international student here, both the homesick from homesickness to um, legal stuff. Uh, and I just felt like I'd learned so much that um, that I wish I had known when I had started all of these experiences that it was only fair to kind of make this information or this knowledge available to anybody who is experiencing these problems that I did. And, um, you know, kind of like why you started OK Guys, um, just to kind of guide students um, with the information that you wish you had had when you were st struggling with things that other students currently are. Um, also in college, I had worked as an admissions fellow. So I was kind of um, doing like, I was kind of shadowing admissions officers and doing a lot of um, admissions related work. And I had uh, kind of this insider's view on how Americans prepare for getting accepted to college. Like so a lot of students do, you know, PSATs from as early as seventh grade. And those things, you know, people who want to study in the U.S. who aren't from the U.S. don't think about those things. They don't know that there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes for getting accepted to an American college and just getting to see all of that throughout my college years, seeing, helping all these high school students get accepted to my college um, made me want to make it known to other international students back home that there's so much more that you can or maybe should, um, but definitely can be doing if you want to make this um, if this is your dream education, if this is your dream country to study in, there's so much more you got to be doing and um, you deserve to know how that works, how the system works. And then, of course, I've been in career counseling or career services since I was um, a sophomore in college. So thinking about like how to help international students make their resume stand out in a, co in a country that often makes it really hard for international students to stay in. Um, all of these things that I just feel like uh, I've gotten a chance to learn and see firsthand. Um, I just want to make that available to other people. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I'm sure you're helping so many international students. I can't even imagine how much they probably appreciate this because it's like you said, everyone wishes that they would have known the things that they know now so you can help people with that. And I think that's just so amazing that you're not hiding that knowledge and you're sharing it out with everyone so that's awesome yes unlike when i was meeting with the student who wanted to do ux <laughs> <laughs> no well you still helped her so that's me <laughs> that's awesome so thank you so much those are the questions that i have but i would love to do a quick little lightning round with you oh my god um, yeah I love that. so number one what is your number one goal right now Immediately speaking, it's growing my YouTube channel for Bloomin. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And what is your dream job? A uh, full-time YouTuber where I can talk about my cultural experiences and share my music because I'm also a musician. Oh, you're a multi-hyphenate. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your number one piece of advice for an international student with everything going on right now? Don't underestimate the power of networking. It feels hopeless right now, but um, don't underestimate the efforts that you're putting in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that goes also for uh, even not international students. Yes, any yeah, student. exactly. <laughs> Anybody can relate. Yes. And so are there any related books, movies, articles, anything that you can recommend that has really helped you? Oh my God. Okay. So recently I read or listened to the audiobook of um, You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. 
I love listening to that book when I'm going grocery shopping or I'm on the tea. This was like pre-pandemic. Um, that's, I think obviously um, she talks a lot about like, I know this isn't a lightning answer, but she talks a lot about like um, overcoming the mentality that makes you feel like you don't deserve to be rich or you don't deserve to make money. Um, and I think that, you know, helps you clean up your financial mindset, but also helps you clean up your mentality overall when it comes to your personal success. So I highly recommend. That's great. People have to yeah. check that out. And where do you see yourself in five years? <sighs> Living in a beautiful apartment in Amsterdam <laughs> in the <Whoa>. Netherlands, <laughs> overlooking the canal, working from home fully for YouTube. Wow. Okay, great. Well, we'll have to check in with you and see. <laughs> Very ambitious. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you if they want to engage with Bloomin? Absolutely. Well, on YouTube, you can look up Bloomin Media or Bloomin with Alex. And on Instagram, which is where you'll find everything else, um, just look up at Bloomin Media. Great. And yeah, we'll have everything linked in the episode description so people can check you out. Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of OK Guys. Make sure to subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you liked it. And follow at OK Guys Pod for more. 